All right, everyone, welcome to the Lakers Outsiders podcast. My name is Donnie McHenry, kind of continuing our uh, trends of looking at the free agents that the Lakers have signed this year. As always, a lot of new names, new faces to go through. Today, I'm joined uh, by a special guest, Noah Magaro-George. He is the host of the Alamo City Limits podcast and uh, covers the San Antonio Spurs for the Pounding the Rock SB Nation site. Noah, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to talk about basketball. It's been a long offseason, a very dead offseason. So any chance to talk about basketball, I'm feeling good. Yeah, uh, that's kind of, you know, kind of an ulterior motive, honestly, why I kind of started <laughs> doing these podcasts about new free agents that the Lakers got because, you know, in terms of Lakers land, I can only talk about uh, Russell Westbrook trade packages or <laughs> or back when I first started this, talk about Kyrie Irving. Uh, only so much. So, you know, it's like you said, the season's fast approaching. Really glad that we're actually going to be able to get to watch basketball now. Like I'm even like I'm, I'm clamoring at the bit for preseason games. <laughs> been a while since I've been that way, but long off season, like you said. But yeah. Obviously, if you haven't figured out from the podcast title yet, I got Noah on here to talk about Lonnie Walker, Lonnie Walker the fourth. Um, talk about him, kind of you know what he can bring to the Lakers, uh, what Noah has seen in uh, his couple years covering Lonnie, and yeah, we're just gonna kind of talk about Lonnie this entire time. So Noah, kind of just start with there, just kind of like big level view of Lonnie Walker, the basketball player, kind of just give me a quick summary of what he brings on both ends and what you kind of expect out of him in LA. Yeah. Lonnie is an incredibly streaky basketball player. Um, he tends to get hot in a hurry and he can also disappear for long stretches of a game or he can disappear for multiple games in a row. For example, he's had a game where he scored, you know, career high 32 or 33 last season, and he followed that up by, you know, a two point outing and a seven point outing. And he's a guy who can knock down the three ball. He's a guy who is a fairly decent slasher. He's a fairly good secondary ball handler as a pick and roll ball handler. Defensively, I don't really think he brings that much to the table. I know that was kind of like one of the things he told Lakers fans or right when he got here, it's like, oh, I'm going to bring the defense. But um, maybe he does, but he certainly didn't do that in San Antonio. Um, you know, not super active off ball, um, minimal resistance on ball. You know, they tried to make him into this guy who can guard the other team's best wing or guard, and it didn't really work out. So they scaled his role down massively. And even in that, he was just, you know, pretty much average. So I don't know if you're going to expect a lot from Lonnie other than just kind of being a rotational piece, but. He's a solid player. He's a guy who should be in the rotation, but probably shouldn't be expected to be anything more than that. Yeah, I it's going to be interesting and we can I will talk about like his contract and other things kind of revolving around him in terms of his playing time later with you. Uh but yeah, everything you've kind of said is what I've seen. Didn't really know like about his consistency in terms of on-court play, but he kind of just brought the vibe of, you know, I mean, just like coming to the lake, just as honestly, just like the Spurs rescinding the qualifying offer, letting him come to the Lakers, you know, it's like, okay, like that's gotta be like some sort of, you know, streaky type of player, especially cause he's more known for his offense than his defense, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is strange. I know that they try to do right by guys, and I know that there probably wasn't going to be a lot of minutes to be had for him, especially with like Devin Vassell and Josh Primo and Trey Jones and all the other wings on the San Antonio Spurs. So I think they tried to do right by him, but it is a little surprising that he pretty much just got the same amount of money he would have gotten if he had just stayed in San Antonio. So we'll see what happens with Lonnie. I'm rooting for him. I'll tell you that much. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well. Yeah. So, yeah, we can kind of – actually, you know what? We can just dive into that now. Uh, we can talk more about him in terms of uh, more what he just brings on the basketball court. But I kind of want to talk to you about his playing time and what he may get in L.A. Uh, we were kind of talking about a tweet – or not a tweet, multiple tweets that Lonnie liked <laughs> um, at the end of this past season, right? It was right at the end of this past season. Yep, after. it was literally right after the play-in game right after the play-in game against the Pelicans that the Spurs lost. Um, I don't have the tweets in front of me, but it was essentially, I'm assuming, Spurs fans, you know, complaining that he only got 17 minutes, uh, just saying, like, oh, like, Pop should have had him in, yada, yada. And there was probably, I think there was four tweets that essentially said that same exact sentiment, and Lonnie liked them all. (laughs) And, you know, obviously that's literally his last game ever uh, under Greg Popovich. (laughs) And kind of an interesting little, like, to bring it back to the Lakers, you know, there are so many guards on this Lakers team, which is funny because that's exactly a huge issue they had last season, but I digress. Uh, Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly, Austin Reeves. Um, I'm probably forgetting someone, but, I mean, that's enough right there. Then you throw Lonnie Walker in on the mix. It's crowded uh, backcourt. How do you think he might react to not getting as much playing time here as he did in San Antonio? Like, I mean, his playing time in San Antonio really isn't even that high. Um, what do you think? Like, do you think he might, you know, get a little peeved off because of that? Or, You know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. You know, Lonnie was pretty quiet during his time in San Antonio. He didn't really complain about much. Fans complained about him a lot, and so when asked about you know his performances, often he just sort of was apologetic and saying you know he's got to do better, and uh, you know from time to time he would talk about his mental health and how he's trying to get his mental health right, and you know once he gets that right he'll be able to play right, and he was never really an issue. I think it just was a culmination of a guy who he's been in San Antonio for four years. And he feels like he he's earned it, right? He's earned the right to play in this play-in game. I mean, he's part of the reason that they're there, even if it's a minuscule reason. And he didn't really get to see that much time against the Pelicans. I mean, other guys got minutes. Trey Jones got minutes. Josh Primo got to start in that game. Uh, you saw Devin Vassell play quite a bit in that game. He had a career-high seven three-pointers. And so he was kind of the odd man out as he's trying to earn another contract. And I just think he felt frustrated in the moment. Mm-hmm. Now, as to what he would do with, the Lakers, I think he may be coming into this situation being a little bit more understanding that you know he's not going to play over Russ. He's probably not going to play over Patrick Beverly or Kendrick Nunn if he's healthy. But he may compete with Austin Reeves, who I like a lot. I think Austin Reeves should play over him personally. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't think he's going to make a you know a, a big fuss about not playing. Although I, I think it probably would make sense for him to play anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes per game if he does end up, you know, breaking into the rotation, but that's yet to be seen, but Lonnie, don't I don't see him as a, you know, the problem child, you know, a, a guy who's going to really make it difficult for the organization and the coach and the front office, nothing like that. Well, yeah, and kind of 
letting credits to the idea of him probably not, you know, making waves or something because of no playing time. Uh, I, I would have to believe he'd have to, he'd have a hard time just getting his voice out there in, you know, in the quotes or anything with, on a team with LeBron James uh, and also Russell Westbrook, if he stays, there's, there's plenty enough drama just in, in with those two. Uh, and then you throw in, you know, Anthony Davis, Patrick Beverly, new head coach, Darvin Ham. Like he, he didn't really have to be complaining outright for it to uh, be making headlines. <laughs> yeah. um, and kind of speaking to, I almost brought this up before I asked you the question, but I do kind of think, well, one, I agree with you where I kind of would play. I mean, well, Westbrook's a different story, but he's kind of guaranteed to get playing time. <laughs> Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, Nunn, Reeves, I would personally like to see them, you know, from day one get more playing time than him. But uh, there's, of course, one, um, he was their highest paid free agent this season. You know, obviously, like, uh, well, okay. There's the clutch sports of it all that I was willing, they're trying to bring up. <laughs> He's signed by Clutch Sports. Obviously, we all know the Lakers uh, are essentially essentially a feeder team for that agency at this point. Obviously, started with LeBron and Anthony Davis and trickled down from there, Kendrick Nunn. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he'll actually get a pretty decent size role to start. And it's kind of just up to him to play different, like play differently and play better than what he's done in the past. I mean, Darvin Ham's been preaching defense, like mostly in regards to Russell Westbrook, like kind of just being blunt, like, hey, like, yeah, Russ <laughs> has to play defense and like, yada, yada. And there's been a report that Darvin Ham can, you know, do what he wants with Westbrook. Like, uh, and obviously it seems like, well, seems like if Westbrook isn't playing defense, then he's not going to play. And if that goes for him, then it goes for every single person on the team. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of like on him to do what he hasn't really done I'd say up to this point in his career but actually yeah kind of talking about his defense like I said so many guards it would really help his case to get more rotation minutes if he was you know there's going to be someone whether it's Patrick Beverly or Lonnie Walker Austin Reeves they're going to be almost certainly even if Russ is gone expected to play guard up a position while on the court Um, you know they're obviously all these guys we're talking about are mostly shooting guards wouldn't be surprised if Lonnie Walker's out there and he's got a guard of three um, or if he could switch onto a four or something. Do you think, um, has he shown an ability to guard threes more than, you know, like your point guards or shooting guards or, you know, who does he fare better against? Yeah, I think the smaller you get, the better he gets, uh, you know, probably preferably guarding more traditionally sized two guards or combo guards, but He's just not really that physical of a defender. Like guys can drive through him. He doesn't offer a lot of resistance. He's jumpy. He stands upright. He doesn't really fight through screens that well. He gets caught on screens once he, you know, runs into them. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of optimism for him defensively. And and I think one of the things that really stands out to me is when they drafted Lonnie. I think they saw this three and D guard with maybe some more upside to have some on ball juice. But you look at him and the, the defense, the thing that is really just like stands out is he has a 610 wingspan and you would think okay mm-hmm. 610 wingspan incredible athlete not just in terms of his speed um and his ability to switch directions and get up in a hurry but with that wingspan you would expect all those things together that this would be a guy that would be coming up with steals and deflections and he had one of the lowest deflection rates on the team and he just isn't that active like on off ball and 
you know, I want to see him do better. And he had some moments here and there. But for the most part, it just has been a letdown as a defender. So I think if you're looking for his optimal role, it's an off-ball role. It's against the, probably the worst wing or guard on the other team. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's probably not guarding up because we saw him guard Paul George. We saw him guard Aaron Gordon. We've seen him guard Kawhi Leonard and, and Jason Tatum. And it didn't go well. I mean, obviously, most of those guys are star players. But even some of the players who are not stars, they're just able to drive right through him. And he doesn't offer a lot of resistance. So I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but <laughs> that's kind of what it is with Lonnie Walker and hopefully he can kind of toughen up a little bit. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know what to think going forward for him because we've had a four year sample size. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, he's just one of those guys where it's like, you know, I think you said like he brought up in his Lakers introductory press conference, like, Oh yeah. Like I'm going to play defense. Ham's challenging me to play defense. You know, that's like the role I'm going to play here. And it's like, yeah, but like, I'm here in Noah, and I've seen, you know, your advanced uh, defensive metrics. Like, it's really not looking too good. Um, yeah, we'll see. That, now that you say that, that's kind of something where I could see that, you know, coming into Ham's eye, like, immediately in training camp before they even, like, get into preseason or regular season. So maybe I will be wrong on him being guaranteed, like, a sizable role uh, day one. But, yeah, we'll see. Well, you know to kind of be a little bit more positive, I guess, about him. He's definitely, he's definitely a freak athlete. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, just as much as ham has talked about, you know, they need to compete on the defensive end. And if they don't like the Lakers aren't going to do squat this year, he's also talked about filling the correct lanes on the fast break and getting out as quick as they can on the fast break. Obviously something you need to do with LeBron and especially Russell Westbrook on your team. Uh, how like do you think he would make more of an, even more of an impact on the fast break than he did in the in San Antonio when he's got you know alongside guys like LeBron and Russ who are almost certainly going to be bringing up the ball more often than him? Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. He's pretty good in transition. I think that's probably one of his strongest areas. I mean, he runs the floor really hard on uh, in transition off of turnovers. And he's a guy who can be a lob threat in transition. He's also fairly good, even if he's not a lob threat in transition. Say he, you know, wants to space the floor and he runs out to the three-point line on a break. Like he's he's a good three-point shooter, a streaky three-point shooter, but I think that he's best in transition. So playing with LeBron and Russ, who probably bring more advantages as creators than a guy like DeJounte Murray did a year ago, I think that probably bodes well for him. And hopefully he can kind of show a little bit more off-ball prowess than he had in San Antonio. Yeah, um, actually kind of you brought up his three-point shooting. Definitely, I'd say, you know, I mean, one, the Lakers need a lot of 3 and D guys. And sadly, I, if you kind of look at the statistics, like the three-point shooting and the defense is kind of what makes you uh, like, mm, man, I don't know about Lonnie Walker. But like you said, super streaky three-point shooter. Uh, I think I've heard you note before that his um, just kind of spot up three point shooting percentage is actually like pretty decent. So kind of give me like the optimistic case with his three point shooting, uh, maybe the pessimistic case, which I'm assuming it involves the streakiness. Yeah. So as, as a spot up shooter, he made 40% of his spot up three point attempts on 642 attempts in San Antonio. So like, 
I don't know that he's a great motion shooter or a guy who's going to be, you know, running off screens or relocating really well or anything like that. But if he's set up in a corner or he's, you know, he's wide open, he's fairly good at knocking them down. So you would think playing with guys like Westbrook and Anthony Davis and LeBron James, who have tremendous gravity, he's going to get open. He's going to have those looks. So I think if you want to be optimistic, you'll look at that number. Now there's other numbers we can talk about that kind of highlight his streakiness, but I do think there's at least a little bit of room for optimism for him as a shooter, because I think a lot of the shooters in San Antonio, they didn't have a ton of time to get their shots off. There wasn't really any one scorer who was commanding a ton of attention. It was like, you know, DeJounte Murray's a good player. He's a, you know, injury replacement all-star. That's not really the same thing as, you know, a generational talent like LeBron James or Anthony Davis. Like guys are not going to respect him as much as they do the people we just brought up so hopefully that yeah. works in his favor yeah i I'd, I'd have to imagine i mean i feel the spurs were such a weird team last year in terms of like the distribution of wealth in terms of opportunities on the ball i feel like and yeah i'm assuming he took a decent amount of just you know kind of pull up three pointers and you know whether that's because people are paying more attention to lebron or ad or whatever i think I'd say a sizable portion of his three-point shots are just going to be straight up, spot up, catch the ball and shoot. And yeah, hopefully that kind of leads to, you know, improvements in just his overall three-point percentage because, yeah, the Lakers could need that big time. Um, <laughs> big time. Um, so yeah, we kind of already talked about like, you know, how he might react to a uh, smaller rotation than what he had in San Antonio. We'll see on that. I, I mean, I'll tell you what will really help his uh, case for getting more rotation minutes is uh, Russell Westbrook not being in town. I actually think, uh, <laughs> I actually think Lonnie would get like a kind of sizable role if that happened, especially if the Lakers got uh, Bojan Bogdanovic back in a trade. You know, have more appropriate lineups where we're not expecting him to guard up a position like we were just talking about. But you know, kind of talked about him on the basketball court enough. Uh, I kind of want to just talk to you about like your experiences cover covering Lonnie Walker, the person, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been like credentialed uh, covering the Spurs before. And obviously you've covered him <laughs> literally his entire career. Uh, he's only spent time in San Antonio. So talk to me about Lonnie, the person. Uh, I kind of know like he's got his foundation of his own, which I thought was really cool, especially for a young player. So. Yeah, so I got credentialed a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, because of the pandemic, it was mostly through Zoom. Right. Uh, I have been credentialed to do in-person stuff. I've gone to Summer League. Uh, I've done some preseason stuff. But I haven't actually been able to sp speak to Lonnie in person, like face-to-face -face in person at a press conference. I have you know, seen him through Zoom, and there's a ton of stories about what he's done for the community. I think he's a good kid. And I say kid. He's really not that much younger than I am. But he's a good person. <laughs> Uh, you know, he he's very open with who he is as a person and, and the experiences that he has been through. One of the I think the biggest things that endeared him to the fan base was his willingness to open up about his experiences as a child being you know, sexually assaulted by family members and, and the trauma that that caused him and, and just being transparent that, look, you know, I want to be a good basketball player, but to be a good basketball player, you know, I've got to deal with my mental health, I've got to, you know, face this emotional trauma. And, you know, part of that was him cutting off that, you know, hair that was kind of his like trademark style. And yeah, he also was very big in San Antonio right after the Black Lives Matter movement happened. There were uh, there was a lot of 
uh, destruction in downtown San Antonio following some of the uh, events there. And he went out there with the community and he helped pick up and um, he went to all the protests and he really wanted to ingrain himself with the people of San Antonio. And I, I just don't think that there's enough that I can say about Lonnie that I, I think he really is a tremendous human being. Um, you know, I, I, there's never an instance where he's had to apologize for saying something or, you know, there's never a time where you look at his career or something that he said and gone, Oh, you know, that's a little bit selfish or, you know, maybe he shouldn't have done that. But I think he is kind of like the ro perfect role model sort of player and person you want on a team. Um, you know, aside from the liking tweets out of frustration at the end, I think he's <laughs> really been a great person for San Antonio, the, the Spurs organization. So I think the, the Lakers are getting a really good person. And I think that's, you know, that can't be discounted. No, not at all. And I mean, liked tweets, that's like, that's <laughs> nothing in Lakerland in terms of drama. Like, I, I, I just kind of <laughs> wanted to bring that up earlier in terms of, you know, who knows what his like actual minutes is going to be. But yeah, just kind of, uh, I didn't really know even some of that, what you said, um, him kind of opening up about his mental health. That's really cool. Uh, I did like see his foundation. I think he's from Reading, Pennsylvania. I saw yep. he's does work there and has done work in San, San Antonio. And I don't know, I feel like I don't really, you know, a lot of these players have like foundations that they do work in, but I feel like I don't, I haven't really seen that often from a player as young as him. I, I, like, like I said, also, I'm also only 28 years old and <laughs> I can't think of how old Lonnie is, but he's probably three years younger than me or something like that. I think uh, Lonnie's like 23. Yeah. <laughs> is he? Okay. Okay. Well, Still, that's not much younger than me at all. But he's honestly like a little newborn baby compared to the last year's Lakers <laughs> roster, uh, funny enough. But yeah, it's really cool uh, hearing about that um, from him. But yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to having him on the team. I like want nothing more than to have him outperform what he's done in his career because one, that'd be great for the Lakers this year. And if so, that'd be a great player to have around for um, for years to come. I kind of wish, you know, obviously, like you said, like, I don't know if it was more because of his play or just like, you know, the timetable that the Spurs are on in their, you know, kind of rebuilding period. But definitely wish he could have, you know, made it work there. Yeah, definitely. And, and I do think it's mostly a timetable thing. I mean, they yeah. moved away from DeJounte Murray, who's, you know, he's 25 years old. He was a first time all-star and they just decided we're just not good enough. Not with this core that we have. And you saw them move away from some of the older guys. I mean, DeJounte was gone. They shipped Jock Landale, who's not old or anything like that, but they moved away from him as well. They decided to move on from Lonnie. And I, I think that they're in a transition period. So I think it has more to do with you know, they're, they're heading in a new direction than Lonnie was just outright terrible. I mean, you look at the numbers, they're not great, but it's not as though he was shooting 30% from the field and was the worst defender in the NBA. Now he wasn't a great defender. He wasn't a good defender, but I think that there's still some promise there at his age with his physical tools. I think if you're a Lakers fan, there's plenty of reason for optimism. Um, but maybe, maybe not too much optimism, but enough that he should be playing. You know, he should play with the Lakers. So hopefully that hopefully that gives Lakers fans something to hold on to. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I think I think Lakers fans should be excited for him. And I mean, it's much more fun to root for someone who's young, who can improve and, you know, reach their prime in a really big way. 
uh, instead of, you know, and, and then, you know, if he struggles, so be it. Then, you know, <laughs> watching like DeAndre Jordan and like Wayne Ellington, you know, just like <laughs> in their mid to late thirties, just like be terrible. It's just like, Oh man, like these guys are just kind of at the end of the rope. This is kind of depressing. Um, so yeah, I really hope the best for Lonnie. I do think he'll get some sort of, like you said, he'll get some sort of minutes to start. I hope he can prove that he's worth those minutes and, you know, maybe increase on them or just continue to stay in that role for Ham. Um, I know Ham's also made an emphasis on, you know, um, bringing up the youth on the team and kind of, you know, helping them develop. Obviously, very hard to focus on that while also trying to field the championship team to keep LeBron James happy. But hey, <laughs> Ham, if, if there's someone who's up for the job, Darvin Ham kind of seems like he's up for it. Um, yeah, Noah, thank you very much for hopping on the podcast. Um, really appreciate the insight on Lonnie. Uh, definitely brought up some things I definitely did not know about him. Very excited to kind of cover him this season. Uh, good luck covering the Spurs this season <laughs> what are the what are the expectations for them this year what are you thinking yeah I think if you're realistic and you're not one of the people who are all oh, you know they're so bad and you know this is going to be the worst season I think that expectations yeah they're going to lose a lot of games who cares that's the point you know when you trade your yeah. all-star and you clear out the roster and you hand the reins to all these young guys course you're going to be bad that's the goal kind of right but within being bad you can enjoy the development of these young guys see the strides that they're taking and you have this hope that you're going to be at the top of the lottery for the first time in years and years i mean literally decades literally decades so hopefully and, they and in one of the best times to be at the top exactly i mean there's so many players from you know victor Wimbenyama to scoot henderson to cam whitmore i mean there's really a ton of players who the spurs would be lucky to draft even if they don't get the first overall pick so if you're a spurs fan just you know hang tight be patient because i know it's not something that they're used to i know we're used to winning and winning and playoff appearances and records but you know it's it's a different time and that's okay everybody goes through a rebuild i'm sure you know it the lakers have rebuilt yeah. before <laughs> everyone has to do it no one's impervious to it yeah, well, I uh, I sure as hell hope the Spurs get a better pick than uh, the Utah Jazz. I'm basically considering them the Western Conference Celtics now. Now that uh, now that Danny Ainge is the helm, I'd much rather the Spurs uh, get a chance at Wembenyama than them. Um, well, yeah, thank you again for coming on. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to uh, this edition of the Lakers Outsiders podcast. Uh, should be back maybe next week with another one of these player previews. Maybe do Juan Scano Anderson uh, or Damian Jones. We'll see about that. Uh, but yeah, no, appreciate you hopping on and appreciate you bringing your insight on Lonnie Walker. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We'll see you guys next time.